This is an AMI podcast. Hey guys, Stephen here from Double Tap, and it's Monday, the 21st of November 2022. Getting into the uh, holiday spirit over here at Double Tap. Uh, that means someone's broken the seal on alcohol, and we've got emails. You're listening to Double Tap, your daily accessible technology show. Now, here's your hosts, Stephen Scott and Sean Priest. Oh, I wish there was alcohol in here, Sean Priest. I wish there was. What's going on? It's taking about four Hello, goes boy. to get started here today. What is going on? <laughs> I was going to say, is that the reason? I mean, we've had a few false starts here, but hey, we're here now. Happy Monday to you, sir. We should actually just keep in all the false starts, shouldn't we? We should just hit, hit go and just, you know, you'll hear, you'll get what you oh. get, basically. Oh, hang oh, on. I'm a is, fan is, that of, is that not how we do this anyway? Come to think of it. Yeah, yeah I suppose we do. I'm a fan of the blooper. Yes, absolutely. Who is? Uh, well, no, I don't. I don't have any alcohol. Just in case you know, people are offended by that. I don't have alcohol. I have um, no. non-alcoholic pop, squash, drink thing. A over soft here. drink, I believe it's called. This is how lazy I am. So you get this squash stuff, right? And you, you pour it into the cup, and then you add the water to it, and that makes it really nice. Mm-hmm. Um, concentrate. Yes. Concentrated, yeah. So concentrated squash, however, right? And um, I pour that in. Well, you know what? They've actually developed it now, where you don't even have to pour the water. You just put the whole thing in a bottle. So you just drink it. It's like you just literally <laughs> open it. And go, you don't even have to pour it into the cup, add the water. They've taken Hang that step away. Are you saying they've invented apple juice or something? They, they've, they've pre-watered <laughs> my drink. It's brilliant. That's, that's not new, you know. Actually, something you can drink straight away without having to mix it with water. No, I know, but, but if you like the stuff that you mix with water... Then this saves the time. Oh, I see. All oh, right. Okay. That, that's see, very good. Pre watered well it for you. Do you know what? You know what, Stephen? I'm happy for you. Is that why you're in the festive mood? Well that's done, why you. I'm in the festive like holiday Christmas spirit. for you. <laughs> <laughs> One last thing I have to do today, which is brilliant. I have to say, what a weekend it's been. It's just been a nightmare with technology. Oh. Just an absolute nightmare. You got lucky, about, you know. You got lucky. Why did I get lucky? I got the phone call when I was in bed. Admittedly, it was 8 p.m. in the evening, but you know I go to bed early. But I still, I know, but that was only one call, and I was get, I was having trouble all weekend, and I waited and called you at that point. That was difficult for me. I wanted to call you every hour on the hour, but I decided not to. <laughs> and what, did, what, what gem of technology did I give you? Just do it again. Just, just start again. And I have to say, that's probably not the worst advice considering the disaster that I've been going through. I've been trying to install. So as you know, I installed last week Parallels onto the Mac. And basically over the weekend, I was trying to get it all set up so it would all be running and all be working really well. And um, the one thing I didn't install first, which is kind of weird, was JAWS. I waited till the end. I don't know why. I just oh. did. And I was That's using Narrator, and that was fine. I was actually getting on quite well with Narrator, and you know, all the set, especially system settings and things, it's a lot easier to go through them. So yes. I thought, okay, fine. And um, I, I go to the website, I go to Freedom Scientific's download site to get the JAWS version. Now, it's the ARM for 64-bit systems version, which is a beta. And I thought, well, I'll just go and download it. And there was no download file. I couldn't find the file to download it. All I could find was a note saying, if you want to download it, go to the downloads page. And then it explained that what they've done is they've created this unified installer. So when you install JAWS, it will determine the system you're installing it on, and it will therefore install the right software, which seems pretty clever, clever right? Okay. Now, does it do that by downloading a package online? Do you need an online connection, an internet connection, in yeah. order to use that installer, or is it just one huge package with all of it in it? Well, you can. Originally, you could install, and, and, and you still can, actually. JAWS do offer this, where you can download the offline installer. And I think the idea there is for a lot of people who are going into systems, you know, actually doing it over a number of different systems, they can just Absolutely. basically put it on and go. Uh, and you don't have to have an internet connection to go off and download. Some of these things, it's a bit like Office. Office is the same. You know, you download a very small package file and then that yes. goes off and downloads the bigger package in the background so you don't have to do it all at once. You can get on with the process quicker. Um, it's good for it's, it's good for systems with slower download speeds, you know. But um, anyway, it, I got it all installed. It worked. It all went through and I, I restarted as you do and then it just came up and said, won't start. Just couldn't get the, the application to start. Just said it can't run on this on this version of Windows. And I'm like, <laughs> What? 
So, Sorry, mate, can't do it. No error message as such. No, no, no pointers in the right direction. No. Okay. So I don't know what's going on, and it, it, I can only assume that it's something I've done because you know usually is. Oh yeah, yeah. No, of course it is. It, you, you would have mucked up. You've done something with the virtual machine settings. You've limited the amount of physical memory it's got, or virtual memory, or hard disk space. You've done something terribly, I will say, terribly though, wrong. I will say what I haven't done, and you'll be pleased to hear this. I didn't use a hammer, a saw. Or you know yes. any kind of you know physical you know injection <laughs> <DIY>. systems <laughs> to put the well to put done. the software into the computer. I, I didn't you know get my hammer out and start thumping the side of the laptop. You'll be You're pleased to hear well. hammering a USB stick into it. Um, but no, I don't know what's going on. So I, I imagine I'll have to start again. I have a feeling it's something to do with the virtual machine because I've installed it on a number of virtual machines actually in testing parallels, and it's always worked fine. So I have no idea. Oh, what's you going loved on. it. When, when, I do, when you first I tried yeah. Windows 11 for ARM, which is in beta, you, you know, mm-hmm. when we talked about it, you you were raving, and also Jules for ARM as well. Yeah, yeah, it's brilliant about that. So. Absolutely brilliant on there. I think though, you know, it is. You always have to remind yourself this is beta. The whole thing is beta. Windows is beta. Jaws is beta. I mean, I don't know if Parallels is in beta or not anymore. But you know, yeah. essentially everything is running on a bit of a. You know, it, it's like. It's like the way that Twitter is currently running on Elon Musk's laptop. Everyone's just hoping it continues to run. <laughs> it seems to be going okay so far, but, you know, let's just see. Um, yeah, and everyone hold of, on. Yeah, exactly. You know, I don't know if I would encourage people to use this as your as your daily driver yet, because obviously it's still very new. Um, I'd like to, though. That's the thing. And I know a lot of people out there who are kind of get in touch asking me for the demo. I know you'd love to use, just use the one system for your Windows, for your Mac. I used to love it. I used yeah. to love boot camp on my Mac. I've never used it as a virtual machine, but um, yeah, Windows used to run perfect on the on the Mac Mini that I had. Perfectly, I should say. Just a, just a couple perfectly. of updates, though, just from the parallels discussion that we had. So yeah. I had a, a couple of follow-up questions, people asking things like, you know, so how much hard drive space does it take up? Now, with VMware, which is, and I will say, and it's really important to say this, VMware is definitely the most accessible or one of the more accessible options for putting yes. a virtual machine on there. I mean, actually, even on its website, talks about how accessible it is with VoiceOver. I mean, they've committed to that. So that's good. I wish Parallels would do the same. But, you know, the one thing I found is just getting access to the files to download onto the system to get VMware to install Windows for you. I just find that a little bit more tricky. Um, it seems to be a bit more involvement in that, whereas, you know, with Parallels, it just goes off and downloads it. And in seconds, you've got it running. I mean, it did not take long to get us up and running. I mean, within a show, we had it running. Um, yeah. In fact, within half a show, we had it running. So, <laughs> yeah. you know, I mean, you think about it, that that wasn't very tricky at all. Um, and there was not, I mean, there was not much, you know, we didn't speed anything up there. I mean, that was it, you know, happening as it happened. I mean, it was quick. But mm-hmm. um, I think that, you know, when it comes to accessibility, VMware certainly is better. But VMware does require you to take a portion of your hard drive and say, right, this is the size of the partition of your drive that is going to be dedicated to Windows. And that can be problematic on a system that's, say, running a, 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 say a 512 gig or Are a terabyte sure drive. That? Yeah, no, it is. I mean, you, you can change the partition. You can you can resize it, but you have to can give it, it an amount of space. So if you say 512 gig... Dynamic. Okay. I, I don't think that option's available. I don't, not, not with VMware, I don't think. Someone might correct me on that. Please do. My understanding, certainly my experience was, it kind of just half the hard drive for you. Um, yeah, 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 yeah. And it kind of partitioned that that portion off. Now, what uh, I liked about Parallels is it kind of does it more dynamically than that. So it will increase the size of the drive as needed, but it starts off with roughly around 24, 23 gigabytes of space needed. So that's not a huge amount of space to get Windows up and running. And what I like, and you can do this on VMware as well. This is not unique to to Parallels, but one thing you can do with Parallels is you can mirror all the folders. So your Documents folder on Windows is your Documents folder on your Mac. Your um, your Downloads folder is the same folder. When it downloads oh, to the Downloads cool. folder, it's just the same folder on the same. It's, you're no, there's no duplication. I like that. Applications themselves are pretty cool. So when you go in, and I, I, I try to remember, I was, it's been so long since I've used VMware, what I like is if you go into a, a program, say, for example, like I do, I would only want to use Audacity on the PC, right? Yes. So what you can do is on your Mac and on your PC, you can tell it that this is the application I will always use when I'm opening up a, an op 3 file or whatever it is. So even on a Mac side, 
if I open up that op file, I can tell it, no, no, you have to use Audacity on PC. And it will automatically oh, open so- up that application over there. Ah, that's clever. Okay. You know, because you, no, you do that thing, don't you? You always open up and you go, oh, I'm in the wrong system. Yeah. But yeah, it doesn't yeah. matter. A Word document, like, for, for example, I, Teams. I would never really spend much time with Teams on a PC. Oh, no, no, on a Mac. Sorry, I would much prefer to use it on the PC. So if I'm going to go into Teams, I want to make sure it's focused on the PC. So if I'm going into Teams, I want it to open up Teams on the PC. And you can get to that straight through the Finder and through Spotlight. Yeah. Um, so I just think it's it, it really kind of brings it together but it isolates the systems in a weird way. So it's kind of like you've got two machines running side by side, but they're kind of coexisting. And actually, if you get the, if you get the settings right, and it doesn't take much because most of this is pretty much default, it actually makes a really nice experience because you can go between using Command Tab, like I was talking about, you can go between your Mac desktop and your PC, but you you can kind of live in either system at any one time, but they're tied. So you never, and yeah. I was even thinking about Dropbox, right? So Dropbox, for example. Oh, that's always a nightmare to try well, and figure is. out when you're doing, You think, well, yeah. what do I do here? Do I, do I create two instances of it? Does that mean I have two different Dropboxes running? And I used to do that, and I found that a real pain in the neck. But again, because of the shared folders thing, it will see the hard, it will see your, you know, external drives as drives. And you can just map to that, you know, say, right, well, my Dropbox folder is here. So Stephen Scott, Dropbox folder, add that to my quick access, and I can access everything in it. Now, the only downside to that is that because Dropbox is active on the Mac and not on the PC, if you try and open a file that's online only, it'll just say it can't open it. Oh, yeah. Yep, yep, yep. Because the I Mac mean. is in control of Dropbox, and if you did that on the Mac, it would it would go off to Dropbox, download it first, and then open it for you. So, you know, mm-hmm. it kind of only works if all your files are on the system, if they're offline. And they're on your computer. And if you've got enough space to do that, that would work. If you install Dropbox on the Windows machine, on the Windows instance, can you point it to the same folder or does it get all confused? Mm, I don't think I'd want to do that. Because trying to use it and then Windows, yeah. I don't think I'd like the two to be pointing at each other like that. I don't think that would work very well. Um, Dropbox is just magic. I, I don't like to mess with it too much. It just works sometimes. Yeah, that's, that's generally Mostly. my feeling of Dropbox. It's absolutely <laughs> fine. And when it stops working, it just stops working. Um, yes. But it's, and you know, what I love is when it decides what's going up, you know, up to Dropbox first. You're like, could you put this up for me? No, no, no. I've got 8 million yes. files to upload first. Yes. All right. It's okay, going to take eight weeks. Yeah. That file you really want, right? Come, come back to me in February. We'll talk. Yeah. Um, and Dropbox, please make your dialogues accessible. That, that drives me crazy. Thank yeah, you. I know. I know. Um, but yeah, some cool little things I'm finding as well with Teams as well. I've noticed if you dig into the settings, who who thought if you dug into the settings of some of these systems, you'd find really cool things? Like in, in um, Teams on the PC, right? I found a yes. setting that you can have new chats come up as separate windows. You can have call alerts come up as a separate window outside of Teams or in Teams. That's actually really that is useful. so, so cool, Stephen Scott. Wow, it's like the Fonz is in the room with us. What are you talking about? That is so mundane. Well, it's not mundane when you're trying to get to answer a call yeah. and you're alt-tabbing yeah. and you can't yeah. get yeah. to the window and you can't well, find the box. Teams. I'm well, sorry, that, I still can't. definitely no, the answer to that. But, Skype yeah. is better. Yeah, I said <laughs> Skype is better. I was in a good mood there. I really was in a good mood. Uh, Skype, and, and you've just ruined it. What's wrong it. with Skype? What is wrong with Skype? It's the worst. Uh, do you know, I wish they would just kill Skype off. Get rid of Skype. Stop. No, no, no. no. Just kill get teams. rid of it. Teams no, don't is kill so teams. convoluted. Awful. Do you see him play solitaire on there now? Does anybody actually work at work anymore? Do you go to work? Does anybody actually go to work to do anything? Or do they all just sit around, you know, talking about how terrible their life is and you know playing games on their on their apps? I mean, what's going on? Welcome to no wonder this world's a disgrace. There you go. I'm back. I'm back, guys. Right. Anyway, okay. feedback. Let's get to the emails. Uh, so John's written in. Uh, he's got a bone to pick with uh, us. No, he doesn't. It's Ooh. just with me. Um, two oh. bones, to be precise. Two. Oh. Uh, he says, the first is your ongoing concerns with social media, and the second is about cryptocurrency. <sighs> right, okay, so first, you often repeat the stance that you don't want to live in an echo chamber or a silo, but has it ever occurred to you that you have never in your life lived in anything but a silo? You speak of the town square, and that's a good metaphor here, because after all, in a real town square, how many people can fit in one at a time? I doubt anyone would try to get 200 million people into any single town square. Even if they did... How would more than 100 people hear a person speaking? 
Twitter, on the other hand, allows any individual to address a possible audience of millions and not hundreds. Twitter is the abnormality, and thinking that it is not is folly. Okay. Folly. I like the use of the word folly there. I like that word, yeah. I like yeah, folly. I don't quite that. follow that analogy, though, John, I must admit, because I, I think a possible audience of 200 million is, is the key here. How many people on Twitter actually have followers or a reach or an interaction of more than, you know, a 10, 20, 50, 100, I don't know, yeah. 500, or maybe you're an influencer? I don't know, but that it's all about potential audience of who's listening to you, so... Okay, maybe. In the same vein, he says, the town square is actually an excellent metaphor for Mastodon and instances. You could go to your town square and hear someone expound on whatever doom is popular in your neck of the woods this week, and I could go to mine and hear something different. This is a very apt metaphor for the local timeline on a Mastodon instance. Likewise, I can make a telephone call to anyone in another city. I would first have to seek them out, but it's certainly possible. This is what we would call following someone in Mastodon. I'll be honest. I, I, so I came off Mastodon at the um, at the weekend. Yeah. I just I couldn't really understand Honestly. it. I, I I tried it. I, I went through the federation. I don't know what that even means. It sounds terrifying. Um, it feels like I've just. <laughs> I, I felt like you know. What I felt. I felt like I'd landed on Mars and I didn't have a clue who anybody was. People were still arriving, and it was just and all these new people and this new thing. And suddenly I had to learn all this new language. It was like tooting or boosting or and I I just felt you know a bit weird about it all. And um, I want to tooty boost. I've yeah. never done that. I must have a look at Mastodon. <laughs> There's some places you can go, but um, <laughs> it's just, uh, it's just, I don't get it. I really don't. Um, I think that's a good analogy, though, that John did there. Yeah. And and, yeah. and the um, the one we got, was it from Gordon the other day as well, about the Star Star Trek analogy, Federation? It all makes sense. I think it's, it's perfectly understandable, the local timeline, the Federation and all that. I, I like the no? analogy that Michael Doise gave around the, you know, think about the local as your street and think about the... The, yeah, you know, bigger, but it's all the same. All it's just stuff, a wider you know? reaching every time, right? It's, it's, I think the problem so, is that what what I, you know, I've seen a lot of people on Twitter not actually that keen on the whole Mastodon thing because they don't feel they're able to talk to everybody at once. That's the one thing about Twitter you're kind of one to all. And I get your point on that one, John. That yeah, that's not necessarily. It's not like you know everyone's going to engage, and I get that. But even in, but to use the town square analogy, even in a town square, if someone was standing up screaming at the top of their voice, doesn't mean everybody's going to be hearing it or listening which is very apt for Twitter. <laughs> no one's listening, really. <laughs> They're all just shouting back. Um, he said, you also seem to think that you should be able to say whatever you like on social media. You certainly can. And this being cancelled that you're obsessed with is being held accountable for whatever comes to your mind. You like accountability, right? Well, if someone came to your house and started talking about something that you found offensive, you would ask them to stop. And if they continued, you would ask them to leave your house. There's no difference here. Hmm. There is a difference, I think. Um, I think there is a difference. I mean, yeah, I get it. And yeah, if someone was in my house saying something ridiculous, I mean, it depends what you're saying, right? I mean, offence is a very interesting word in this. I hear this word a lot. You know, offence is something that's taken. It's not given. I'm not giving offence to anybody. I'm, you know, you're taking offence. That's on you to take offence. So someone might be yeah. offended by something I've said. But, you know, is the, is, is the situation I just throw them out of the house or do I have a conversation with them? Well, in my case, I'd have a chat with them. I mean, the, the assumption at the beginning, which suggests that I just live in a silo, is kind of laughable when you think about it. I mean, I'm the exact opposite of that. I don't live in a silo. I welcome other opinions. I welcome people to challenge me. I like that. I come from an old school where we... Remember the days we used to talk to each other? No. Much Text better world. each other. ICQ each other. MSN Messenger each other. I remember those days. I God remember those, yeah. Yeah, obviously, that, that's awful. an interesting uh, analogy there about you know your private home rather than a public place. You got the right to, you know, uh, sort of control what you hear in your own home, right? And it, that, yeah. I guess it's it, it's the argument of big tech. Is big tech owning you know Facebook or Twitter? Well, Twitter obviously is now a private company. Facebook, a private company. So, do they have every right to set the rules and say, hey, we don't want you talking about you know the vaccinations or whatever the thing? Mm. We're going to throw you off. I can understand that. That's that's their private company. But at the same time, at what point, when something becomes so huge, does it almost become a public forum and then has different responsibilities from a private company because of its reach, because of its its influence? Then it almost becomes like public property, almost. This is the endless question. Who owns yeah. it? Who's in charge of it? Who should regulate it? I mean, it's, it's difficult. 
I mean, some argue it's the company's responsibility. You know, I think a lot of them talk, I've heard a lot of um, similarities made to news organisations. You know, they're in charge of the message, they're in charge of what they put out there. So, you know, if they started spouting a lot of nonsense, then, you know, they would have to be held accountable for that. And maybe that's it. Maybe that's the way we look at this. Does it be, is it regulated the same way? For example, in America, would the FCC regulate that? Would the CRTC in Canada, you know, look after that? And the UK mm-hmm. Ofcom, you know, would they be in charge of looking out for that? And I, I, I don't even know how that would begin to work. It seems to me because the company's worldwide, you would need to have some kind of worldwide buy-in. And that's often the challenge. I'm not saying it's not possible, but yes. it does feel definitely more challenging. I want to pick a different point just he, he picks up here on cryptocurrencies. Now, look, I'm not going to read all of this, John, because there's a lot of detail here. He he basically says that, you know, cryptocurrencies, I feel, have no value or feel like nothingness, as far as I'm concerned. He says, the follow-on question you should ask, though, is what makes the pound, the dollar in Canada or America valuable? He says the answer has nothing to do with gold or silver. These currencies are all called fiat by people in the cryptocurrency community because the only thing that makes them valuable is that everyone, or nearly everyone anyway, agrees that they are valuable. Uh, now, he goes on to talk about the, the exchange that Mark and I had regarding the FTX scandal, and we talked about this. And to be honest, the thing for me about cryptocurrency is I don't know. I just feel personally, and this is just all assumption on my part because I've never got into nope. it, but the whole feelings. thing feels... Yeah, I know, feelings, eh? And well, it's all, <laughs> that's what facts. it's all about now, baby. It's all about feelings. <laughs> um, but I, I just think, you know what? It just The whole thing sounds to me like a Ponzi scheme. Um, and that seems to be, you know, what it, it's selling magic beans. Uh, and I, I don't really think at this point, and it's funny, a lot of people who are complaining that, you know, they, they kind of, they've seen what's happened with FTX and they want, a, you know, the people who want a decentralized or who like the idea of a decentralized system, they want a centralized system. And we already have that. It's called a yeah, bank. They want the protection of a centralized <laughs> they system. They want, want a protection of like this entity, this thing that stores and keeps value. It's called a bank. <laughs> You've already got it. You've got a currency. You've got all that stuff. So why you want more? And I, w- I want to point people to this article, and we'll maybe put it in the link to in the show notes, and I'll tweet it out or whatever. Um, Stephen Deal, who is a crypto expert, he's a software engineer who has worked on years on this, and he talked in the Financial Times just today about this very subject. He's written a new book, which does sound really interesting. I must admit, it might be a bit over my head, but it's called uh, Popping the Crypto Bubble, and it traces Bitcoin's emergence during the financial crisis uh, to the post-2016 crypto gold rush, which he refers to as the grifter era. He argues that crypto is slow and unreliable. He says it cannot be both a great investment, which goes up and up and up, and a viable currency, which offers stable value. He argues that uh, crypto assets price is largely based on there being an even greater fool who believes the hype. Um that's, I yeah. think that's a little bit harsh, but obviously he's he knows more than me. Okay. Crypto, to me, I just treat it as a bit of a game and a bit of fun, almost like having a, a bit of a bet. Sometimes I just, you know, if I've got some spare money, I'll throw it in there and just see how it goes, but never as an investment. All investments are a gamble, and to me, I just treat it as a bit of a game. I'm not going to gamble my pension on a crypto investment, just put it that way. He says, I don't want to see uh, so many people getting hurt. My my generation has been hit by the financial crisis, by COVID. We're going to have the climate crisis next. These people don't need this extra suffering in their lives. He says, one response to FTX's bankruptcy is that it was a centralised platform and based offshore. A better form of decentralised or regulated crypto could replace it. He says, if you accept the thesis that your assets are a greater full scheme, it doesn't really matter where you're trading it. Um, so, yeah, I mean, it's an interesting one. I, I Like I say, it's not a subject I'm that versed on, but, you know, from what I'm reading about it, it just seems like, you know, it's it's all just a, it's a complete gamble, you know, and if you're prepared to treat it that way, that's fine, but that's really it, it in a nutshell. It is just a it's gamble. It's not just crypto, though. That's all investments, I would argue, not just crypto. Yeah, but, you know, more, depends on what the investment is. You know, if it's in a company with staff and, and you know, it's got, you know, some backbone to it, you know, if you were putting mm-hmm. money into a house, you know, that's more secure. And it's like he says, with- you know, you don't want something where the value is constantly changing like that. That's not a stable mm-hmm. currency. It can't, it can't remain that way. Uh, right, yeah. I want to get another message, and thank you for that, John. I appreciate your comments. Um, this is actually a, a different John who's uh, sent us in a voicemail. Hi, Stephen and Sean. This is Jeff in Kansas City. Jeff, I beg your pardon. Via voice memos <laughs> on my Apple Watch Series 7. Hey, Sounding great. I've been a listener since January. 
and haven't reached out before, but I just heard the Claire Sisk interview and thought I would send you a message. Um, She was a delight, and she put a smile on my face today. Yeah. Um, I've got RP, shout out Sean, and some days are very difficult, uh, but most days are pretty great. Um, Just want to thank you guys for what you do, and... Um, can Gordon give me some tips on how to navigate MetaText whenever I am swiping on my timeline? It wants to jump above the timeline to where it says federated and another bunch of gobbledygook. <laughs> and I guess I don't know how to navigate MetaText. Thanks for your time. Have a good one. Record. Heading. Thank you very much for that. Appreciate that, John and uh, Jeff. I mean, Jeff. I, I don't know where I'm getting John from on that. I really don't. John's, John's got into your head. He's John's under your skin. Yes. <laughs> it's just stuck there. Now. Um, yeah. I, I look, we'll leave that to others to talk about. I think with meta text, my my thing was I was sort of just swiping around. Get. I mean, actually, I will say for meta text, very accessible app. I mean, I kind it, of, I kind of want to say to Jeff. I think it's more likely the app then you don't know how to navigate it because if you can't swipe left and right or you know, whatever jump to the headings then I think that's probably not on you it's probably a voiceover thing just jumping around losing focus maybe it's because of the app but um, just make sure screen recognition's off that's usually the trick with some yes, of these things yes, yes. sometimes find that can get in the way of things uh, but I didn't have any issues with that app, to be honest I, I know a lot of people have got issues with accessibility of um, the whole Mastodon thing but my experience wasn't really accessibility related. I just didn't really like the content I was getting. I didn't All understand right, what I was getting. All right. All right. Yeah, uh, Peter got in touch. Can to hear from Peter? Of course. Greetings from Robin Hood County. It's Pete hoping you're well. <laughs> this is Friday's show I'm discussing. Very enlightening. Sean, haptic comes from the Greek word haptikos, which means touch. There you go. So. Uh-huh. From there, one could deduce that Apple are looking at providing a touch-typing-type keyboard, a bit like Flick-type, I suppose. I'll pass on that one and continue (laughs) to use Dictate, bottom right of the present keyboard, or use voice memos. And I had a lot of help with that from Mr Scott, so God bless you, Mr S. (laughs) As for the A-Lady, I tend to use the functional skills such as calendars, reminders bus timetables, weather, those kind of things. Don't do skills, hardly. And I do occasional music, but nothing is going to beat my Bang & Olufsen Hi-Fi and a pair of Dr. Dre headphones with a bottle of scotch and Bessie Smith. (laughs) A blue tip for me. A lovely girl. As for the tech, it is bloated. There are too many people in there. And I say to people that are using Twitter. If you don't like Elon Musk, just go somewhere else. Can't see what the panic is, to be honest with you. It wouldn't bother me. If he made me redundant, I'd go somewhere else. Simple as that. Anyway, thanks again for all the interesting shows and interviews, and hopefully we'll talk again soon. Take care from Robin Hood County. Oh, thank you, Peter. Really appreciate your comments, as always. Um, yeah, I mean, look, for some people, it's not going to be that easy. And, you know, when you, talk, when you talk about the accessibility team, it's less about, I mean, no harm to the, the team in, of themselves, but losing the team is bigger for Twitter than them losing their jobs, if you know what I mean. I mean, it's a bigger stance here, right? They've, they've lost the entire, well, haven't lost, they fired the entire accessibility team, which, mean, which means now that that app is... Well, I mean, fairness, it's not the only issue that we'll potentially have in the future, but at the moment, you know, that's that's well, it is what concern. affects us. Yeah, of course. So there's nothing wrong saying we're worried about what affects us. We yeah. shouldn't be ashamed to say that. And with all the engineering work, which is what he's concentrating on, right? The software engineers in the background. The next big feature update that comes along is it going to be accessible? Well, it's going to be a shot in the dark if it is or isn't, because yeah. there's no team there to double check, right? Yeah, and it would even know what that means. You know, this is yeah, the, this exactly. is the problem for me. It's that is the real worry. You know, it's interesting because I keep getting the same question at leveled at me. I think it's almost like a challenge. You know, what, what's going to make you leave? What's going to make you leave? You know, look, if I can't access the app, that's certainly a good enough reason yeah. to go. <laughs> yeah, that's um, true. If I can't get on it, then yeah, I guess it's, it's not really a choice, is it? It's kind of I'm out, and that's the end of the story. I'm out. Yeah. 
think it might be. But no, that's really interesting. Just and uh, you know that we were talking about lots of different stories on that show, of course. But um, yeah, I, I've got Claire, to say I, I love I love this I love the sound of the oh, yes, Claire Sisk was absolutely fantastic last week. If you haven't heard that interview, you must go back and listen. Going back to um, Jeff there, yes, fantastic. And I want to say haptic. I still I'm not buying it. I, yes, okay, so it's got a fancy Greek origin, uh, but no, well, the word sorry. Does. It's it's a yeah, it's just a it's a vibration motor. It used to be called what did it use? Tactile or something? It used to be called. And now I people put an H in front. But then it, see, it, it was taptic, no, no, and no, then I, it became like ta- haptic. Oh, it wasn't awful. Okay, I'm railing against it. You carry on. No, you rail. You enjoy I yourself gonna, I, whilst yeah. railing. Boo, Latin. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Wow. Uh, right, well, look, Sorry. We, we've got more to come, uh, more of your comments. And, uh, yeah, there's one email I'm not reading today, unfortunately. I would love to read this email, but it's just, you know what, I can read so far, but this one I can't. So I'll get oh. Laura. Laura's taking the day off, so we're, we're going to get these emails read um, from now on by Laura. You'll be pleased to hear. But um, Janine has been in touch regarding <gasps> yes. comments on Ira and Ira for desktop in particular. Remember last week we were having questions from people about what to do with you know oh, yeah. TeamViewer and having issues with it and all the rest. Yes, yes, yes. Uh, well, uh, Janine's fedora was flying across the room when she says she heard Gordon's message about Ira for desktop, so she's going to clear oh. up some of those misconceptions. But I Angry. will let Laura read this email because it is not short. <laughs> we'll get to that. Uh, and more of your comments, please keep them coming. Feedback at doubletaponair.com. You can uh, get in touch on uh, voicemail by just leaving a voicemail on our listener line, one eight seven seven eight zero three four five six seven. Stick around. As I say, more of your comments coming up next here on Double Tap. Send us your feedback to feedback at doubletaponair.com. Leave us a voicemail at one eight seven seven eight zero three four five six seven. You're listening to Double Tap. This is Double Tap. Now, back to the show. Let's get back into the emails then. And uh, Frank writes in, Firstly, your show makes me feel sane. I have only been a listener for about three weeks now, but uh, find the content reasonable, even though it is leaning towards anything to do with Apple. Sorry. (sighs) Sorry. I am a PC user with a Samsung slash Synaptic phone. Now, the item about the lady whose name I've sadly forgotten... You were talking about Claire Sisk, I think, here, Frank. Uh, Talking about her ways with blindness were excellent as someone who has been blind for all of my 73 years. I still found something new, like pinning socks together. I used to rely on my very little sight, but that is now getting harder. Um, That's a good point, actually, about the old pinning the socks together. Sometimes the simplest things, right, that make all the difference. Just the simplest things. Absolutely. Um, He says, I've got a problem and a gripe against Netflix. I recently changed my TV from a Samsung to a Bush TV with a Fire Stick from Amazon and have found that Netflix no longer gives me audio on any menus, thus making it impossible to navigate. Um, is there a way around this that you know about? Sean, mm. I, I, I don't use the Fire Stick on a daily basis. I know you've got one, but do you use yeah, it regular? I've got a, I, I don't use it regular. I have it plugged in. Um, but the Fire Stick itself is totally accessible. You can turn on Voice View... Um, which I'm desperately trying to remember how to do that. Pressing some button, uh, I think pressing. I can't buttons remember twice. either. It's the, it's, is it not uh, the? Um, oh, it's the volume up it, and something, isn't it? Volume up and something like that. I can't remember. Honestly, I can't remember. Um, but I, uh, I, it does sound like he's got it on though, because he's get he's getting two Netflix. So it's well, that's fro- the it's, thing. It's, it's, getting quite, into the app. I quite I can't quite understand the the Fire Stick and the Netflix app was accessible. Um, now I haven't tried it, you know, in the latest couple of weeks on the Fire Stick, so I don't know if that maybe an update has made it inaccessible. But it definitely was accessible on the Fire Stick. The um, Voice View would read out all the menus and go through. So uh, the only other thing I can think is: is are you using the Fire Stick side, or does the Bush TV itself have a? Um, does the Bush TV itself have a smart app? built into that which is nothing to do with the fire stick and maybe Mm. that one isn't accessible because smart tvs are notorious for their apps being you know less accessible than other platforms so yeah i i'm not entirely sure i have had this issue before i must admit though it's interesting you've gone from a, a samsung tv to this because the samsung tv depending on the age of it would have some kind of voice guidance in it i mean think what last four years worth of of TVs have had them 
maybe even a little bit longer than that. So you know, I, I, maybe the maybe it was a really old Samsung TV. Um, I don't you know about You'd probably got on better with that, to be honest. Bush, I've no well, idea. Well, that's what that's what's throwing me a little bit. I've never heard of a Bush uh, TV with with accessibility with the screen reader built in. That's not no, to I say think he's, they he's, he's talking about the Fire Stick. Surely, it must be. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Maybe, but but that's what that's what I'm saying. The Fire Stick ha- is always accessible and netflix the app on the fire stick has always been accessible with the screen reader but um if you, if your bush tv itself is accessible and does have a screen built in then maybe that's that's where the problem lies and you're using that but other than that um yeah i'm not entirely sure the fire stick should be fine frank goes on as far as the dreaded twitter goes please give it a small dose of the bird flu not enough to kill it off but give it a smart <laughs> pain in the you know what um by the way, is Shaun of the Shed altogether sane? Regards, Frank. <laughs> I don't know what to say oh, to that. Wow. <laughs> he starts off saying the show keeps him sane. <laughs> but the <laughs> host, that's a different matter. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I think your show is sane, yes. But more sane than this, I would say, that's for sure. Certainly a bit more focused than this one is. <laughs> tend to bounce around all over the place on this show. Um, Thank you, I'm glad Frank. you're with us, Frank. Thank you so much for uh, listening, and I'm so glad you're with can, us. Can I just say as well, if anyone wants to send in any, you know, anything about their Android phone or their Synaptic phone, feel free. Yeah. We'd love it. Can you also, if anyone's sending in any demos, show Sean how to wire up a microphone so it doesn't crackle like that all the time? That would be nice. Uh, yeah, I did What's hear that. Mic I, was, there, Sean? I, I, I was trying to gloss over it. I thought you wouldn't notice, but apparently, no, you had to highlight it. Thank you very much. I like to make sure people are aware of what's going on in the background, you know. It's, it's, <laughs> we're a family here, right? Sorry, yes. I don't know what's happening. Uh, so listen, welcome to the family, Frank. Um, it is like a typical family. You'll end up hating us all. Um, that's how it works. Anyway, Greg has written in. <laughs> Uh, greetings, Double Tappers. The first thing I want to say is you people have been doing a great job in covering all this Twitter stuff that's been happening lately. I've really oh, been enjoying the podcast. Your shows have really got me thinking about Twitter and social media in general. That's what we're about here, Greg, people who think. If you have trouble oh. thinking, this is probably not your show. But yes. I'll uh, get the coat. Greg. <laughs> yeah, it was nice knowing you, Sean. Um, let me tell you, it's not been fun at all. Uh, when we talk about social media, he says, when I think about why I started with social media a decade ago and see where it's gone, I get a bit depressed. I started with all this social media as a way to keep in contact with others like me who are blind. Twitter used to be especially good for this. I especially like Twitter for keeping up with the latest in web accessibility. Now, most of the accessibility professionals I followed send out more political tweets rather than accessibility information. It's gotten to the point of me trying to decide whether or not it's worth it to stay on Twitter and having to dig through all the nonsense just to find good information. The question mm. comes, where do we go for information like we used to get from Twitter? I'm not really aware of anywhere else like Twitter that can let people like me, who are more isolated, to be able to keep up with and feel connected to what is going on in the disabled world. I'm 47 years old and I still remember using magazines and newspapers to keep up. The biggest issues with those is that once you had the information you did not want, uh, you did you did not have anyone to talk with about it unless you had a big circle of friends. And I was thinking this might be a topic you could look into. Without something like Twitter, how do we as a community really keep in touch with what is going on in our community? Do we go back to something like IRC channels or do we use Signal or one of the messaging apps? Oh, and by the way, why do you guys always end the show when the conversation starts to get really good? <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, Greg from Ohio. Um, you blame Mr. F for that one. He cuts us off. Um, yes. Nothing to do with me. But uh, God bless I, you, Mr. I, F. I'd talk, I'd talk all day. I think you probably know that, Greg. Um, <clears throat> yeah. Well, we kind of did touch on this, I think, last week. When we, well, actually, the week before when we really started covering this story, when we knew about the accessibility team being fired. Well, this, and, is, your, this is your thing, right? You, you, you're going into, I guess you're going to talk about RSS? No, 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 not well. I mean, that's oh, one right. thing for sure. Okay. But yeah, I mean, that, and that's definitely part of it. But no, I think the the broader point that, and this is kind of where Greg's coming from here. He's kind of saying, look, getting information is one thing, but having people to talk to about it is another. Mm. And I think that's yeah. the the thing, right? There there isn't really an, an alternative to Twitter. I suppose for some of us, we thought Clubhouse might be that. I think some I'm of us thought that. I'm just going to recommend that. I think mm. it still is. I think, I, I mean, you could say, I mean, I've been on Clubhouse a few times and I haven't seen many rooms that just don't absolutely terrify me. The titles put me right off most of the time. Because, um, again, <laughs> it, it seems like it's either cryptocurrency, you know, come and will we'll scam you for all your money or, you know, hey, you know, I don't know, 
it's it's yeah. it's just you know Be pure careful. and utter vile. Come and join in. Um, yes, and. <laughs> I'm, you know, yes. covering over a lot of cracks there. But, you know, it doesn't seem to be the kind of places. But but, but that could be argued, and this is my point about social media generally, is it's kind of a bit of a cesspit wherever you go. There's no one place. I know people love to, it's right now they're all talking up Mastodon, but that's because it's new to most people. Um, that'll become a cesspit soon enough if it isn't already. You know, if it hasn't already become one of all the people that have moved over from Twitter, right? I mean, it's the people that make it at the end of the day. And, yes. you know, I think it'll probably go the same route. Mm. Um, I just, but if you can kind of look past that for a second, okay, look, look past the cesspit side of it. Um, for a lot of disabled people, and there's not a lot of people talking about this, but for a lot of disabled people, this is the only place they've got. You know, it, this is why I, I got a bit annoyed last week about the whole idea when people were saying, oh, I'm off, bye-bye. Because you're thinking, well, hang on a minute. There's a community here that maybe want to hear your news, that maybe want to know what's going on in your world. You know, you might not follow everybody all the time, but in our blind world, we know who we follow. We've got a, a, a range of people we tend to kind of look at and, and follow. And if those people aren't going to be there, I'm not going to switch to another social network just to follow you. Sorry, if you can't be bothered coming to me, forget it. I'm out. I've, I've settled here. I've, I know this place. And I like the fact, you know, we kind of, I mean, earlier we are getting into the whole big discussion about Donald Trump and all the rest of it. Look, you can mute those people. If you don't like them, you can mute them. You can block them. You don't have to see any of that content. You can control that. Is a very lot of that. true. Yes. You can get away from that, that if you true. don't want it. I mean, I, I'm starting to get to that point where I'm and actually using third-party apps like Chicken Nugget or TW Blue or Spring or Twitterific or whatever you choose to use. You know, those can be really good ways to deal with a lot of that because, first off, you get rid of the advertising. Not there's much of that left. But you can get rid of the advertising. I don't even notice the ads. Well, not anymore because there aren't any. No, oh, okay, fair enough. <laughs> <laughs> we get rid of all of them. Um, but no, you know, it, it just I think you can control the feed a little bit, and you can have a nice environment. I I don't really have a problem with with Twitter. To be fair, I don't ever really see any of this. I mean, I see a lot of questionable comments, and I agree with you, Greg. I think a lot of people have moved away from doing what they do and talk about other stuff. Maybe I'm guilty of that. I don't know. I just sometimes my problem is I tweet, you know, at, at night when I'm not thinking, and <laughs> just at night. But that's when, when you're not thinking. That's when most people do it, right? I'm an honest person. I'm an open book, right? So I say what I think, and you know, if you don't like it, okay. unfollow me. I could care less. I really couldn't care less. I'm not. I'm not an ego. I'm not an egotist when it comes to social media. I could. I lived without it for most of my life, and I can live without it again. So if Twitter goes, I, I think, it'll go. But I think, I think there's ways to make it useful for you, right? And that's what Greg's saying. Yeah, but I think Greg brings up actually a, a wider point because there's the all about getting information, how we get access to information. That's something we've talked about so often. I mean, me yeah. and you, Stephen, about you know how do you reach people who who maybe don't have access to podcasts and whatever and and, and want it, it, you know it's feel like they're missing out on these amazing resources that we've got. Um, but also, there's the isolation. I mean, isolation is a real loneliness. is is a real problem. In, in our community and uh, things like, you know, <laughs> the name social media, you know, about being able to connect with people is really, really important. And I, I think places like Clubhouse and, and, and even Twitter to a degree are helpful. Really look, helpful. I'm, when it, I'm when really it comes not to news, down, go to your websites. That's what I say. I'm really not down a Mastodon. I really, I kind of wish it was what people want it to be. And maybe it will be. I don't think it's there yet. I think the problem is it's too primitive to some degree. It's not ready. It's not ready for prime time. I mean, it's all based on people's servers. And... Well, give it a break then. What's the matter with you? Give it well, some no, but, time but, but, to mature, point... to grow, to evolve, Stephen. Don't just stamp on it and leave it. What's the matter with you? You're a horrible human. I never have stamped on it. I've had... <laughs> if people want to go there and use it, that's fine. I did too. I tried it. I just couldn't be bothered with another social network. That's a personal mm. thing. I just I can only deal True. with so much rubbish at once. So, you know, I thought, okay, let's just, you know, you're, you're drinking from a fire hose over here, and you turn around and you've got another one over here. It's just a bit much. So I thought, you know what, let's just let's just stick with one fire hose. This fire hose, I know it's coming out of it. Most of it's particularly unsavory. I can live with it, you know, fine. Um, I really don't like this analogy, but okay. <laughs> Carry on. But, um, no, I, I, I do think there's a great conversation to be had. And you know, please chime in on this. I mean, I, I think about, you know, Frank, who's listening to us, and I'm guessing you're listening to us, and you're in the UK, so you must be on podcast, right? And, you know, I'd love to know, Frank, how you found us. Because I think this is always telling to me how people find you. Is it just Absolutely. word of mouth? 
Was it social media? Yeah. Did you find us through something like Twitter? And someone said, hey, have you heard these two idiots talking all day? Um, yeah. You should, you know, go and listen to that. Send them some, yes. <laughs> send them some, send them something, love or, or you know, hate or something. Um, but, you know, I, I do think that, and this is why, honestly, this is why I love doing this show on this network, because it's beyond the traditional just podcast. You know, friends yeah, of mine say, it's, but it's a podcast. I'm like, it's not a podcast. It's a radio show. <laughs> it's always yeah. a radio show because that's where it stems from. This is what it's my a career was. First. Well, yeah. it is. And it's available on a platform across Canada that, you know, frankly, I think should be worldwide. I think AMI should be everywhere. I think it should be all over the world because this is, uh, this is something tuning. which is. Well, no, but I mean, in terms of the channel and what it does, I honestly oh, yeah, believe this yeah. should be everywhere. I'm amazed that this is just in Canada. Why haven't other countries done this? Because yeah. it's so it oh, is so needed. I mean, it's not just about gaining access to information or hearing two idiots from the UK talk or whatever it is, right? I mean, it's more totally enough more than that. But it's more about <laughs> you know the employment of disabled people to do great things on the TV channel, doing great stuff, you know, making great shows. You know, it's all it's all our voice. Everybody talks about it has to be from our voice, and that's what AMI does. And I love it for that. I love it for that. Everything is from totally. us. And, you know, this is why I love doing the show on this network, because I'm proud to, to stand up and say this network is something I'm proud to be part of. This is a great yep. place to be. Great people who get it and who give yep. blind people the chance, like me, to say what I want to say. Honestly, that's it, right? You know, no, I totally agree. Yeah, I couldn't agree anymore. Yeah, absolutely. But we need, we need to get, we need to think about, maybe we, I think the problem is so many people are down on Twitter now. And, you know, every tweet is, you know, it's, it's your last day and... Honestly. No, but but that's what it's at. That's where people are. And this is the problem. If everybody disappears off it, where do, where do disabled people go to find their tribe? Oh, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter if all of these disappear tomorrow. Then there, there would be another service that popped up. There would be another Mastodon. There would, would be, be another accessible? Clubhouse. Would it be ready there to go? There would be another Zello. Well, then there's another fight that we need to, to win, isn't there? There's always another battle tomorrow. Uh, I, I, yeah. You just said it. I Isolation's the biggest problem. And it is. It is. Yeah, absolutely. So let's not let's not have people less isolated. I think that's a good thing, right? Oh, well, yeah, okay. I'll, um, I'll agree with that. Okay. Greg, <laughs> thank you for the email. Always good to provoke discussion. And look, we didn't finish on that. So there you go. See, we managed to finish that conversation. We didn't end the show. We do have some other emails, though. Uh, Camille writes in, I was curious when Stephen mentioned that when using Facebook, phone calls do not come through when focus mode is enabled. Uh, I don't think it was enabled, and that was a problem, right? No, um, my problem is it, it, I just don't get any phone calls if I'm watching face, Facebook videos or I'm in Facebook. I mean, they, they do come in, but they just don't ring at all. As soon as I close Facebook down, it all goes back to normal. So I don't know what I've done there. That's, that's the thing I was looking for. What have I done? Well, Camille says, I was not running Facebook when I did this test, but I called my iPhone and the call came in even though the focus mode was enabled. I leave focus mode enabled so that I can listen to Sean of the Shed undisturbed. Quite right, too. Thank you. That was Camille from Saskatchewan. Where's he from? Saskatchewan. <sighs> I think that was close, wasn't it? No, wasn't that no, actually right? Terrible. Did I? Absolutely what? dreadful. Right, you say it. Saskatchewan. Saskatchewan. That's how you I'm say it. I'm saying it right. No, you're not. Okay. Right, Thank Sonia you. has got in touch. It's a lovely a place. Voicemail. I love Hello, it. Double Tappers. This is Sonia from Quebec City. First time contributor, long time listener. Hey. So I'm calling hey. about the Apple Watch and uh, the last, uh, less a bit of the last episode about uh, the time on the Apple Watch. Mm. And uh, yeah, so uh, speak time is not an accessibility setting. It's a clock setting. If you go to the um, watch application on the iPhone and you go to clock, and then there is the option speak time, which is when it's turned on, this is what make the Apple Watch say the time out loud and then when voiceover is off. Actually, it's not working that way voiceover is on because a voiceover then will always speak the, when you touch the, the face, it will tell, tell the time. But if voiceover is off, then if you put two fingers on the watch face, it will tell the time, yes. But ah. below that, there's haptic time. And when haptic mm. time is on, you have the option, the first of the three options to control with silent mode. And when that is checked, 
then the when you put two fingers on the, the watch face and attic sorry and silent mode is on it will uh, send it in haptic instead uh-huh. of audibly and if uh, silent mode is off then it will tell the time uh, as you noticed so uh, i'm surprised that nobody at the apple store knew about that yep. but uh, yeah it's uh, very convenient and uh, i figured that i would uh, share the tip because i played around with that i'm uh, i have an apple watch ultra since the last few weeks oh. and yeah it's steven scott's fault <laughs> Yay! Um, so uh thank, thank you very much uh for all you're doing it's a it's a great show and i love it and oh. i just missed the it's a tech show honest it always cracked me up <laughs> okay so talk to you another time and have a great day bye oh thank Why? you sonia Thank that was you. amazing. That was so well explained. I, I totally get it now. And I did yeah. try that after last week's, uh, last week's, I did try it after the last show where we talked about it. And of course it wouldn't work. So I, I didn't go into the settings in the clock's end. Thank you so much, Sonia. Yeah, that was really good. And uh, it does the haptic time. That was something Mark was looking for. He said it'd be great if it could do the haptic and time as well. And it does. So we'll need to make sure he hears that. I'll maybe play that for him again on Saturday show when he's back with us. But um yeah, that, that's really interesting. That is brilliant. And Sonia, thank you so much for getting in touch. First time and, you know, sending in a, a voice clip via email, which please, if you want to do that, just record it in your app of choice uh, on an Apple Watch Ultra or otherwise. As you can tell, the audio quality is always brilliant. And listen, if you, if you send an audio <laughs> clip in and you think, oh, God, you know, maybe tripped up over a few words or whatever, we'll edit it. We'll tidy it up a bit and then we'll play it out for you. So it sounds nice and beautiful. Um, yes. Like you all are. Like, I'm being nice today. What's going on? I don't like it. It's putting me off. I, feel I get all the hate, and then I be... I, well, I'm nice. I'm just nice all the time. I'm nice to people, and I get hate. That's what it is. All right. Uh, okay. <laughs> I, I, sorry, I've got no <laughs> argument against that. <laughs> Listen, we're out of time for today. Thank you so much for being with us. We'll do this again tomorrow. And, um, yeah, lots of great conversations still to come. Keep your comments coming. As always, feedback at doubletaponair.com. If you got in touch with us any other way, just keep doing that. It'll get to us. All everything points this way. All roads lead to AMI. <laughs> and um one eight seven seven eight zero three four five six seven is our call in number. Sean, thank you. We'll be back again tomorrow. Bye bye. Thank you. Love Double Tap. Did you know we're on the TV too? Check out brand new episodes of Double Tap TV on AMI TV every Tuesday at 8 p.m. Eastern. Or binge on all episodes online at ami.ca forward slash double tap. We're also on YouTube. Search for Double Tap to catch our episodes there too. The Walrus is Canada's conversation, and you're invited to take part. Download AMI's Voices of the Walrus, where professional narrators read selected articles from the magazine. Available wherever you download your AMI podcasts.